then all of a sudden he gets this really serious look on his face. And he turns around and he looks at me and goes, so dad, essentially what you're trying to do is work yourself out of a job. What? And I was like, yes, that's correct. It would do my heart so much good to be able to walk into the office and then go, you know what? Great job. You guys have solved it. We don't have diversity, equity, inclusion issues anymore. Think of the past. The history books will talk about it. Don't need to worry about it moving forward because we're good to go. That would be an amazing day. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. We'd also like to thank TechCXO for its sponsorship of this podcast. Get proven hands-on C-suite executives to take on an interim role and provide fractional help in lead projects. TechCXO on-demand executive model consistently delivers time and cost savings of 50 to 75% compared to a full-time in-house function. They have helped their clients secure over $4 billion in debt and equity financing and have advised clients on over 200 transactions, including due diligence preparation, and financing alternatives. To learn more, please visit their website at techcxo.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We thought we'd spend just a little time, you know, sharing our backgrounds and how we got here and how, you know, we decided to work together on a podcast that actually informs various groups around procurement opportunities and around how to do business with corporations. So we're just going to spend some time getting to know Chloe and Adam. Kind of doing what we like to do. Just talk. Just talk. Just talk. Just talk. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam. Yes, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about you. Where are you? Where am I from? So that's a very interesting question. Uh, I was born in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, Spent some time living out in Dallas, but I have actually been an Atlanta native, if you will. This is practically my middle school year. So I'm probably more native than some other people here. Not born and bred, but I I got a pretty long track record. So I grew up here in the Atlanta Stone Mountain, Lilburn area. Attended college at North Georgia, uh, up in Dahlonega, and uh, went on from there to serve with DeKalb County as a county police officer for five and a half years. Wow, I didn't know that about you. These little known secrets. Right, I know. I say that to a lot of people. They're like, no, you were never a cop. Five and a half years with DeKalb County. So uh, I was here for the Olympics uh, and all the fun that went on uh, with that. Um, So from there went uh, back for my master's. So I have my master's from Bernal University. Nice. um, And started working with Kraft Foods. Uh, From there, jumped a, a few different uh, firms and companies, picked up experience along the way, yeah. mostly in warehousing, controllership, hmm. um, and kind of the back office accounting type functions sure. is what I, was, uh, what I was doing. Within supply chain, yeah. Within supply chain, yeah, mm-hmm. supply chain and um, sales. So got mm-hmm. to see a lot of that kind of back room okay. operations type Totally stuff. see you in sales. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. Uh, but then one day I got an opportunity to start with, well, it was SunTrust, it's now Truist, um, and uh, joined their supplier diversity uh, team. But that was even kind of an interesting way. I actually started out as an auditor, believe it or not. Not a lot of people realize that. Wow. But I was actually on the bank's auditing team nice. uh, for a few years. I actually got to know uh, some contacts in sourcing. 
Uh, and one day they came up to me and they said, hey, you know what? You really understand technology and you can explain it. They're like, we've been looking for somebody to negotiate technology. I think the position has been open for like 16 months. Really? They're like, we would really love for you to come fill this position. I was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So walked into um, the sourcing role and started negotiating with, you know, small firms like Microsoft and CompuCom, <laughs> IBM. Oh, the you small know, players. These small contracts and nobody really kind of cared anything about, right? Eh, who cares? Um, but got to learn a lot, learned a lot in that uh, capacity as well. But one day our, our chief supply diversity officer came up to me and said, hey, and again, I got to hear it again. You do a really good job of explaining technology to people. I need you to come to this event now. I knew nothing about supplier diversity. That was, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. She goes, I'd like for you to come to this event. I talk to technology people all the time. I don't know what they're saying. She's like, I have no idea how to judge the merits of, of, what, of what they're, they're discussing exactly. with me. Right? I'm like, this sounds great. Really, all I heard, to be honest with you, was Adam doesn't have to be in the office for eight hours. <laughs> All right, let's just let's it's just something fun where I already know right. this topic. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, no worries. Yes. I am there. Yeah. So I got there and little did I know it, but I got thrown into my very first one on ones uh, oh with suppliers. <laughs> I mean, right out the gate. So what, what kind I, of event was this? Was it like this a was a local, or this a con- local matchmaking okay. event, right? Local matchmaking event with the uh, GMSDC here in Georgia. Okay. Uh, this was their annual business opportunity exchange. Okay. So tell can you just briefly tell yeah. us a little bit about what that is? So then people know, right. have context. Exactly. So in the supplier diversity world, you have several different organizations that help certify these different businesses, right? And I know that we've had some conversations in other episodes on why diversify. Well, one of the main reasons is, is a lot of companies, especially those that are federally regulated to, to be able to count that spend towards an overall diversity spend, it has to be with certified business owners. Sure. Right? Okay. So that's one of many reasons, but they are a local, the local chapter of that certification honor, the NMSDC, which is the National Minority Supply Diversity Council. Got it. Um, so it's their Business Opportunity Exchange, or BOE, for those of us who like to throw in acronyms around yes. all over the place, right? Yes, yes. Um, so I show up and she goes, okay, you're going to sit at this desk and people are going to come talk to you about their businesses. I mean, it sounded as simple as that when this first started, but all of a sudden I've got these people sitting down wanting to talk to me and I'm used to going into a tech negotiation and let's just say another big player is across the table from me. They don't care if they live or die. They don't care if I live or die. I don't know if they really cared about either one of our firms that we were representing as a negotiation table. But now I got a business owner in front of me who's like on fire, right? And they want to gain my trust. They want, not only do they want to make their business look good, they want to make me look good getting them in. I'm like, this is a very odd conversation to be having. And it kept happening over and over and over again with everybody I met. And I'm just blown away by the end of the day. And I go up to her and I go, I don't know what we just did. I can't even define to you what just happened, but I was like, I want more of it. It was kind of like that first taste. I was like, I want to keep doing this more and more and more. So I started working for her part-time. So I was still negotiating big-end contracts and doing supplier diversity, but as my- So you just told her like, hey, whenever these opportunities come up, like if you need some extra support, feel free to reach out to me. Exactly. But it just clicked with me, right? The more I did it, the more I got into it, the more energized it became about it, the more people were like, hey- we want Adam to come do this event or come start doing this. But it finally got to a point where I had to go to her. I was like, look, I need to do one of two things full time. I either need to do supplier diversity or I need to go just negotiate contracts all day long. And to give you an idea, so the bank saw so much worth in what we were doing with diverse suppliers. They created my position. It's not like she had an opening on her team and they're like, oh, we'll just slide you into it. They actually had to create my, go to HR and create my position on nothing to go work for her. And it's just taken off ever since then. And it's been an absolute joy. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so I know that 
you're married. I am. And yes. have children. Yes, I do. What is your person? Tell us a little bit about you personally outside of personally you've been outside. in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, tell us about your family dynamics. Tell right. us about your children. Sure. So I love to tell a story. My wife and I literally met across a crowded dance room floor. movie. I love it. Doesn't it? So at North Georgia, which is the military school that I went to uh, for college, we were bringing in a brand new president. Well, he wanted a full formal military ball, right? So as part of that, they started offering ballroom dance lessons to prepare for this. I had truly a platonic girlfriend at the time. She's like, let's go do this. I'm like, I really don't want to, right? She literally drug me to this thing. So, you know, just being friends, it's not like we were there together, right? So we split off naturally. uh, And now all of a sudden I'm like, well, now I have like no one to dance with. And everybody's starting to pair up. And literally as everybody paired up, I'm standing on one side of the gym and she's standing on the other. And we were both kind of like, well, I guess this is it. Yeah, you're like, let me make my way Yeah, and we hit it off and it's like, well, and then it's like, well, you be here tomorrow night? Well, yes. Will you be here tomorrow night? So it just grew and grew and grew. I love that. Uh, yeah. And it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, so what does your wife think about your work with um, supplier diversity? She absolutely loves it. I'm sure. She does. She sure. absolutely loves it. And I have to tell you, so I'm definitely the extrovert of the two of us, <laughs> um, but she does a great job rolling with things because one time we were invited to go to a uh, US PAC, which is the United States Pan Asian American Chamber of Commerce event. Uh-huh. Um, and I said, hey, Hey, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a formal sari dress. Yeah. I had I one for her. I okay. There, there is a traditional Indian formal wear for women. Oh, very right? nice. Um, but, oh, wait, I have then. Yeah. I just didn't know that was the name That's of it. That's a sari, yes. okay. right? Uh, and in most of them, the midriff is exposed. Right, right. Right? And so I'm like, so I need you to wear this. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> She okay. has no idea. She's, I come with some requests and she's like, I had no idea this is what we were going to be doing tonight. Yes, she's like, you yeah. know I'm an introvert. Yeah, she's like, wow. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, she she pulled it off with a plum. And I think people now know her more than they know me mm-hmm. sometimes in some of these events. I think that's the same for my husband. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to go to a lot of these events. I do, I, I do. In your role. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, so a lot of my role is community outreach Got and um, really, you know, getting into the communities, understanding the communities, uh, mm-hmm. understanding what some of their different mores and directions are. Sure. So that I can help mentor and build them up and make sure that they're pipelined correctly. God, that is so important because when we, I think that sometimes companies think we can group all of these, you know, different kind of minority groups into one group and have one strategy. And to your point just now, I mean, getting into these groups, understanding the cultural nuances, understanding the opportunities that they're looking for. I mean, it's critical to the success. It is critical to success and it's critical in knowing how to relate to them. Absolutely. I'll never forget. So as a young police officer, I Mm -hmm. had one of my very first experiences in understanding cultural diversity. Mm. Um, And I was working with a, a Korean officer. Yeah. And he came up to me, he goes, you need to understand. And we were in a very heavily Korean populated areas than where we happen to have our patrols. Sure, sure. He goes, he goes, please understand something. When you deal with a Korean culture, he's like, they're going to stand very close to you and mm-hmm. speak very loudly. <laughs> he's like, if they're upset, he's like, they're going to speak very, very loudly and they're going to be very close to you. But he's like, there's not going to be any harm intended. He's like, that's just the culture. If they're passionate about something, they close that, mm. what we would call the reactionary gap. Mm. Um, and I was or like, personal oh. space. Or personal space. Right. right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It depends on where you are. Where you are. Right. Um, which was a great learning for me. God. Because it was like almost the very next call we went on, I had a guy like, Within inches of me mm. just going off. 
but I remember what he said. And, and so it's, it's those experiences throughout life that I have valued and really treasured on. I've got to remember that even though I like to deal with people a certain way or maybe I have a certain way that I interact with people, that's not how everybody else does it. And you have to be sensitive to how other people communicate and relate and realize that something that maybe I wouldn't find comfortable doing, that's just a normal part of the, the culture and to just experience it, embrace it, just embrace become part it, of it. Yes. Yeah. But I love how you had sort of this cultural steward, if you will, who told you and said, hey, and gave you sort of this, you know, before you experienced it and might have been caught off guard and as a police officer would have felt like you were being confronted. Exactly. You know, so I just think that that is so remarkable. And I think we need to be doing more of that even outside the supplier diversity space is just creating spaces where we're with people that don't look like us. They don't look like us. They don't have the same background as us. Um, And, you know, with the way the digital world is evolving, especially as we're seeing now, you know, as we're recording this, we're in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of these these natural physical barriers are being torn down and cultural awareness needs to be even higher. Exactly. You know, it really, really, really does. And I think it's just absolutely fascinating. And here's the whole thing I, I think is if you make a concerted effort to understand somebody else's culture or where they're coming from or, or what their orientation is. Right. That goes a long way it in the conversation. It does go a long way. It's absolutely amazing. You're, you're coming to the conversation or to the situation with respect because I've done at least a little bit of my homework to be able to relate to you on a level, you know, showing that I respect your culture and respect the ways that you guys do things within that culture. I love that. I love that. And it, it like I said, it just goes such a long way to opening up just friendships, relationships, conversations, you know, conversations that are just yeah. would never have been there if you don't take that first step. So true. So true. And I think that it um, helps us be, you know, better employees, better entrepreneurs yeah. when we step outside of our traditional comfort zones and just broaden our circles and understandings because you know what we, I think we take it for granted here in America, you know, how diverse we are. But when you look at any other place in the world, it's not there. And we should celebrate that and the uniqueness that our country really, really has. Um, Because, yeah, you go to other places and for the most part, everyone looks the same. same. Sure. Yes, exactly. You know, they don't really, I mean, they get the term diversity and, but outside of that, there's just, there's not a lot, you know, and and I don't want to make a widespread generalization, but most places, you know, they are all the same nationality. Exactly. And we need to not take a conversation about diversity inclusion or supplier diversity or diversity, equity, inclusion. And think that, okay, the overarching tenet of this conversation is I can't mention the differences. No, that's no, we, what we should celebrate. Right, right, right. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if, um, you know, if you and I are standing next to each other and we ask our audience to tell us differences between us, they better say, well, one's male, one's female, one's black and one's white. Those better be the four first differentiators they come up with when they start talk, when they start looking at us. And we should celebrate that. We should celebrate it. Yeah. I oftentimes get very offended when I hear people say, uh, well, I don't really see color. <laughs> I am like... It's a ridiculous comment. And I think they mean something else. They mean well by it. I agree with you there. I think what they're trying to say is, I don't judge a book by its cover. I don't judge you because of what color skin you have. Exactly. Okay, great, good. Right, but if you don't see color, then you don't see me. You don't see you. And, and you, you don't see the uniqueness that... Well, I, don't, I haven't placed any value in you. Exactly, that, and right. that the uniqueness that that they bring to a situation, to an organization, to the equation just in general. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, and, and that is diversity is more than just a skin color or orientation or an ethnic background. Absolutely. It is 
my entire experiences over my entire life. Yes, yeah. And, and those perspectives, that those experiences allow me to bring to a conversation. Absolutely. And then as a leader, we need to respect all of those backgrounds and figure, well, how do we now make it all meld together so that our solution is better than somebody else's solution? Because I have, look at all the experience I have sitting at the table. Right, right. And I think that leads to um, another really good point, you know, why companies should even care about that. Right. And they should care because when you look at your customer base mm -hmm. and really reaching them, when we've got so much noise right. coming at us all the time now, as we continue to be more digital, as we mm -hmm. continue to be remote, mm -hmm. you know, how do we really authentically connect with people mm -hmm. through our products, through our services, through our right. messaging? Right. And it's really getting to know those groups and getting to know our customers. It is. And, and a, a huge component of that, believe it or not, is in your supplier base. Exactly. Right? You don't necessarily have to learn uh, all of these things internally. That's not your core competency. Find someone that can help you do right. reach out to these groups exactly. or bring their diverse perspective when you're building new products yeah, or new exactly. solutions because they bring all of that. I know. And, and I, I kind of giggle sometimes because, you know, everybody's all about these focus groups. I mean, uh, focus, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. just look around your firm. If you've done your firm correctly, absolutely, you've probably got a really good sample size inside. And if they're a loyal employee, they're probably using your product. Yeah. Or they're going to live in a community where you want your product to be. Right, right. I mean, the best brand ambassador you have are the people that are working for you, yes. whether they're your employee right. or your provider. Right. You know, those so are true. your best brand ambassadors right there. And what are you doing to promote them as a brand ambassador? Yes. You know? Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I always heard in the supplier diversity circles was we want our suppliers to go out to their friends, out to their supplier friends. Right. And say, you really want to work with A, B, and C company. Because let me tell you what, their supplier diversity team is like on fire. Yes. And they get it. <laughs> That's brand ambassadorship, right? That because is. Because what's the other thing we're looking for is, as uh, a firm? We want competitive suppliers to competitively bid so that we can be, well, competitive. Exactly. Right? So if your supplier diversity team's out there kicking it, and people really want to be in that program because it's a fantastic program, they're going to bid competitively to be part of that story. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I love how you just bring that full circle. Thank you. I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> We'd like to thank the University of Georgia Supply Chain Advisory Board for sponsoring Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. In addition to ensuring the UGA supply chain curriculum meets employers' needs, the board also connects employers with highly qualified students. Join corporate board members like Johnson & Johnson, Home Depot, and the Chick-fil-A to discover and hire tomorrow's supply chain innovators today. To learn more, go to www.terry.uga.edu, click on alumni, and find the supply chain advisory board there. So... I think we've talked about me for long enough. <laughs> Although I can go on and listen to you. Well, and I unfortunately can go on and on about myself. So that's one of the self-realizations I've had to come to. It's like at some point I have to shut it off. So um, higher ground. Yes. So. How did we get here? So let's see. So um, I'll give you just a little bit of my background. Okay. So and if you don't give me enough, I'll pull it out of you. So sure. go right ahead. <laughs> so I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas. Okay. So as you know, San Antonio um, has a very heavy Hispanic population and cultural influence there, as well as a huge military focus there. Yes. Oh, yes. There, mm -hmm. I mean, if you've um, served in the military, you've gone through San Antonio at some point, you know, throughout your career. So growing up in that environment and also being African-American, I was very exposed to just the cultural differences of all these different groups. In San Antonio, the beauty of it 
was that we celebrated all these things. That's the great thing about San Antonio. Um, there is a lot of things for our military and there is a, you know, a lot of things for just celebrating different sort of ethnic groups. It was an incredible place to grow up. So I lived there. Uh, I was born in Houston, but lived there my entire life and then moved to Atlanta to go to college. Went to undergrad at Agnes Scott. Okay. So, nice school. Very good yes, school. Yes, it's a yeah. great school. It's an all-women's college. So mm-hmm. Being around all women also kind of helped me just think through the challenges that women have mm-hmm. as they start to navigate uh, for the first time either entrepreneurship or right. their careers and all right. these other various things. So I interned at um, Aon when I was a junior in high school yes. mm-hmm. and started off in large property, uh, which we basically at Aon, a little bit of what we do is we did is risk management consulting. Mm-hmm. So we help large corporations with, you know, really managing their risk and helping figure out, you know, if you want to self-insure that risk, if you want to offshoot it with an insurance product and then helping mm-hmm. them with managing claims. Right. So I worked in various roles. I was there for about 16 years. Right. And um, the last bit, the stretch that I was there we, I worked specifically with a couple of clients around uh, supply chain and supply okay. chain management. And yep. these conversations in a span of three months came up around supplier diversity. Okay. And okay. you're like, hey, can you guys connect us with some mm-hmm. diverse suppliers? Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had ever heard anyone ask for something like that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just, you know, inquisitively was like, well, what do you, what do you mean? What? <laughs> Define Why, this diverse supplier right, for me. Yeah. Ref- Define this diverse supplier yeah. and also help me understand why the diverse yeah, supplier, like, right. what, you know, because I'm all about context, you know, so that I can exactly. just. If you don't understand context, you don't know how to deliver. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they started telling me and sharing a little bit about their supplier diversity programs. Okay. And I was like, what? This exists. This exists. <laughs> you know, and, um, so I started looking at, you know, the rest of my clients and yeah. the contracts that they had. And do, when we look at due diligence and risk assessment yeah. of suppliers and supply chain and where your risks are, mm-hmm. looking at some of those contracts and how many of them were given to diverse owned businesses. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. these were large contracts and I didn't see very many. And so right. at the time they said, well, you know, we have a, a hard time finding them. And, that, yeah. and that's really why oh, we're yeah. asking you guys. Yeah. So... I just started doing all this research and became obsessed with it almost Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I just saw it. I mean, it brought together so much of what I had already been exposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was like, oh, this is, you know, LGBT, which we had a huge LGBT community at um, Agnes Scott. Mm -hmm. Also, um, the veterans. I mean, I had friends from my high school that went straight into the military. I mean, you know, out of 10 of my friends, maybe... Five, half of them went straight into the military. Well, especially so, being in San Antonio, exactly. obviously, right there. It's San Antonio being right there. And then obviously the minority groups, being part of a minority group and then being a woman and uh, just understanding the challenges that women have. I was like, this is, I could get my hands around all four of those groups effortlessly and be passionate about it. So I'm like, how do we, how do we bridge this gap? How do we create more opportunities? These companies are, are looking for these, right. these suppliers. These suppliers are looking to grow and scale their business. They're looking for corporations. Like, why are we doing this so manually? And yes. so I just said, you know, this is something that um, 
I want to try to take a look at. So after um, leaving Aon, I uh, went to another company, Epic, which is a major, it's an, an insurance brokerage firm, and they are incredible, have an incredible leadership team, incredible teams all over. And what I really like about it, even though it's a national firm, is it's very entrepreneurial, the, right. the spirit and the culture. And um, I shared with them, you know, this is something that I really, really want to do. This is something I'm passionate about. They understood it. And they're like, go for it. Yeah. We'll, we'll support you nice. and, um, you know, c- continue to do it, what, what you need to do here. And then, you know, go and do higher ground and let us know if we can support your efforts. That's awesome. So I feel like that's really when you know you're walking into your purpose, when, pe- when things just align effortlessly. That's so true. And it really was this opportunity for me. It was like purpose meets passion meets skill set, you know? So it was like, you know, yeah. So, you know, I had worked in supply chain, had done some due diligence, you know, helping our clients figure out better processes around due diligence, help them with sourcing and how do you avoid those risks. And I was super passionate about it just because of my own background and my own experience. And then, you know, just the purpose behind it, because one of the things that I think I learned from my parents at a very young age was, you well, obviously a lot of different things, but my mother was an entrepreneur. So when we think about some of these stories, you know, it's, it's interesting how when you listen to their backgrounds, so many of them came from entrepreneurial families. Because that has been something that has definitely been a common thread that we've been seeing doing this. Hasn't it, it yes, it is. And um, I think at the, the onset as a child, it's, and for anyone, it's, it's difficult to be what you can't see. It's mm-hmm. not impossible. Mm-hmm. But when you see it and when you grow up with it, it just seems like a natural path for sure. you. Because right. It's yeah. what mom and dad did. Yeah. It's what I'm going to do. Well, yeah, exactly. But one of the things I think with um, my parents taught me is following your passions, following what you're good at. Yep. And they were also very civic minded. So, you know, how do we give back? the tools and the talents that God has blessed us with to serve now our community and do these other things that we know need our attention and skill set. And then in legacy, you know, like what is the type of legacy that we are leaving for not only our children, but the communities that we serve? So when you think about just civic duty, you know, the legacy that we're leaving for our communities. So all of that was deeply ingrained in me. And, you know, while you can continue to do the same things, it just at this point in my life, I was like, I want to do something that's serving these underserved communities and bringing the skill set and the talents that I've developed over the time and very grateful for the two companies that have invested so much time and resources, but bring that to bear in these situations. Um, and that's how Higher Ground evolved. I mean, I got a part of this uh, accelerator and started interviewing companies and small businesses and just to validate what I kind of already knew, but had it down on paper and started building, you know, um, what I thought a solution would look like. And I mean, I think the thing that gets me going every day is having these conversations with suppliers and, it is amazing. you know, connecting them to opportunities mm-hmm. and just, just hearing their stories. It's yeah. just, it's incredible. It's inspiring. It's very it's inspiring. inspiring. Very it's, inspiring. It's very inspiring. And, you know, I want to, part of the legacy that I want to leave is just leaving the world a better place, creating this pathway for them and, um, yeah, I just hope that that's something that we get an opportunity to do here at High Ground. Most definitely, most definitely, you know, and I think it's, um, 
I love to tell the story when you start, when you talk about leaving it a better place than we found it, right? I'll never forget a, a while ago, you know, we're here in Atlanta doing this. So WeBank was here having their national conference and I needed to get our trade booth set up, right? So I still, my youngest one's 15. So I still have him at Tesla. I'm like, oh, good luck, cheap labor. So I explained to my teenager that he got to wake up on a Saturday for the express honor of going with dad downtown to set up our trade booth. So he gets down there and we're setting it up and he's kind of looking at everything that's going up and all these big corporations and all these displays. And all of a sudden he's asking me questions about diversity, inclusion, equality. What does it mean? How do we do it? Why are you doing it? Why is it important? I mean, these are conversations you want to have with your children, but you don't sit down at the dinner table and go, so, so let's talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion tonight. <laughs> you know, this was a very organic conversation, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and he's asking the questions. I'm not having to explain it to you. He's asking the questions, looking for an explanation. This is my one that's very, very thoughtful. I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, these, that, was, that was amazing. Yes. You know, I'm kind of like, wow. And then all of a sudden, he gets this really serious look on his face. And he turns around and he looks at me and goes, so, Dad, essentially what you're trying to do is work yourself out of a job. What? And I was like, yes, that's correct. It would do my heart so much good to be able to walk into the office and then go, you know what? Great job. You guys have solved it. We don't have diversity, equity, inclusion issues anymore. Think of the past. The history books will talk about it. Don't need to worry about it moving forward because we're good to go. That would be an amazing day. You know? It would be an amazing day, but um, because I think of one of the beauties of our country, because so many people are able to come here and so many people are able to realize the American dream, we'll always need supplier diversity professionals within those organizations we will to be always advocates. need them there. Yes, exactly. We'll to, and, and, but then it's going to come back to our earlier conversation. Yeah. Of, a supplier diversity professional also needs to be a cultural ambassador. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right? On both sides of the street. Right. To be right. able to show, to talk to those that are coming over to our country for the opportunities that we possess and right. have. Right. To understand how to operate in this culture successfully. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then to teach us who are here how to reach back and accept the new cultures that are coming in and the new ideas. Because guess what? It's all good. Yes. It's all good to learn that. It's all good to learn yeah. that. It's always nice to learn new things. And I think, you know, when we talk about just prejudice and discrimination, it's all about exposure. So the more you can expose yourself to different kinds of people, you know, you retrain your your unconscious biases around things because you're interacting with people that you may have unconscious biases around and then it just starts to shift. It right. starts to shift and you start to see, you know what? I really do appreciate the perspective that they bring. Yep. I really mm-hmm. do think that they're no different from me, you know, when we talk about just the humanality of it. The humanality. Know? And I think that's where we start to blur the lines. Right. When we start to say, we're all the same. That's true. We are all human. Human. Right. We all need to sleep. We all right. need to eat. We all right. need to have relationships. Right. But. Right. I'm also very unique. Very unique and celebrating right? uniqueness. That's it. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Celebrate uniqueness. Don't force uniqueness, I think, is one of the things I like to talk about. Yes, 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 yes. Well, that is wonderful. Um, you know, one of the things we do need to talk about is how you and I personally got here to this table yes, today. Yes, we should definitely <laughs> share that with the group. We should definitely share that with the group. So we met via an email that I got from a fellow coworker. Um, that it had attended a technology association of Georgia FinTech South event. 
No, no, no. It was an innovation. Corporate oh, it was innovation the innovation summit. summit. Yes. The innovation summit. That's yes. right. See, this is people get us confused all the time. But yes, this is how we actually this is how we actually are, everybody. Um, that's right. It was an innovation summit. He knew that I was in supplier diversity. You had pitched to him your solution. He goes, Adam, I think this is an amazing supplier diversity solution. I said, that sounds great. So we set up an initial meeting. We all met. I think you guys, were you out of beta? Or you were in beta. I can't we quite were, remember that. We were kind of in beta at that time. And right. so we were looking to you guys to kind of give us some feedback. Give us some feedback. And see what you thought of the tool. Yep. And yep. yeah, because at that point, we were, we had built sort of our MVP and yes. were looking for feedback from corporations. Yep. So yes. And, you know, that's exactly what my boss at the time said. <laughs> she was like, you know, Adam, you, you, if you spend some time with them, she's like, I think that could really become a product, you know? And so I think that's, that's when you and I first started talking. I was like, yeah. Hey, I would love to continue these conversations yes, with you. And you yeah. were like, I'd love to pick your brain on what we need to be doing differently. <laughs> right, and right. the relationship has just kind of grown from there. I mean, it we've has. known each other now for what, three years? Three years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was just an immediate connection. It wasn't an immediate connection. I mean, we've been able to talk freely to each yes. other since day one. And I think it's because we just have shared passions. Yes. And we're in different roles but trying to go and achieve the same thing, essentially. Exactly. You yes. know what I mean? But just in different paths towards that. Exactly. It's been great because you being a sounding board as we were yep. developing this, I mean, I think that our true like business case is, is what supplier diversity professionals and small businesses should be doing We're looking for the it country. all the time. Looking for it all the time as a supplier you know? diversity professional. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, just, it's just is, is building and, and following the journey and mm -hmm. whatever that means from a development perspective, which is different for different suppliers. Correct. You know, I yes. was in technology. And so for oh, me, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you know, and I appreciate this about you is even on those early ones, I was like, hey, we're going to build this new feature. Do you have yep. 30 minutes for us to show you and get your feedback? And you were like, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't all ways just, oh, yeah, it looks good. I mean, it was really critical, thoughtful insights mm -hmm. into, I love this. I love this. This could be better. Mm -hmm. You could connect this, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And it was very, very, very helpful. And I have to tell you, that was one of my joys of working with you because yeah. I was like, I know that Chloe is going to be receptive to the, eh, that could be better. Yes. Uh, there's no way in hell we're going to use that. Yes. Um, yes. You know, so it, it's, it's one of those things where it was just kind of a perfect storm. It was. Right, where we, yeah. were, we were put together and uh, it, was, it was great. It's been great working with you on this product and, and watching it grow. It's been amazing. It has been. And I have to say that you are definitely one of the star supplier diversity you. people that you. really you can tell even just interacting with you that you're passionate about it. So same across the table, you know, say right back at you because to be next to you, I'm like, I like feed off your energy the entire time. You know, we'd have a call and be like, yes, it's a Chloe call. I'm going to be so energized when we're done with this. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, it, you know, it, it is just that, right? But it's that same passion that I see from across the table, you know, and I can't, in some of the circles I run into, I'm always hearing Chloe Goodry or higher ground. So, you know, it's that same thing. You know, your name inside the industry is also, you know, one of the rising stars just because of your passion. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's a passion in the right direction. It, you're very, very welcome. I mean that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we've got to, you know, raise up this next generation to, yes. to really understand yes. the power of supplier inclusion and, diversity is, is more than just, you know, hiring diverse talent, but what is your external diversity policies, which means, which includes suppliers? What does that mean? And what does it look like for your organization? And what is, 
and then having them realize what's the impact. What is the impact? What's the impact, right? I mean, you and I in our conversations have mourned over what has gone on in this country yes. over this year. Oh my right? gosh. Absolutely mourned over yes. the losses and just the, 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 the turmoil we yes. put ourselves in as a society. Yeah. What people don't realize is that, and you and I have talked about this a lot, is how much supplier diversity helps. It's, it's not a cure-all. No. It's not a cure-all, but you know what? It definitely helps raise those communities up. Yes. Right. Give support to the the underrepresented mm-hmm. uh, the peoples that, you know, we need to lift up, that yeah. we need to help them step out from those shadows and mm-hmm. come out into the sun. Yeah. You know, and supplier diversity, because of the economic impacts, we've discussed that in a few of our episodes already, really helps bring those good intentions to bear. And it becomes more than a slogan. It becomes more than a, we're going to do the right thing as a corporation. Supplier diversity actually puts the rubber to the road. It affects those communities, the ripple effect that we've talked about before. And you've heard me go on about it ad infinitum. It is a true effect that really does bolster up those communities' economies. And once, and when you start working on the community's economy, then that community can better themselves. And you're helping the yep. generations behind them Absolutely. be in a much better place. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much I think we can talk about on our next episode when we talk a little bit more about economic impact. Yes. We are how definitely we really going to be talking that. about that. And be looking for that episode to come out. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you so much for joining us today as you got to know a little bit more about Adam and I. And again, if you... You have any questions about us, leave some questions for us in the comments. We'll be glad to answer them. Exactly, exactly. We have both perspectives and we couldn't be any more different, but yet have so many things in common, which I think is just a true testament of the beauty of diversity in general. It really is. It really is. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Till then. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us and participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.